Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Greg Hoffman with you on Overtime on 106.7 Fan. What's up? Welcome in. Good show coming. Chris Williamson from SNY up in New York. He's a DC native uh, as well. He's going to join us at 715. Has some strong thoughts as so many of you do on the news of the day. Uh, that Sean Taylor's number is going to be retired. News that shouldn't be news of the day today because it's going to get retired on Sunday in three days. Um, it's ridiculous, and um, we're going to dive into it. And actually, to dive into that and a lot more uh, right now, right off the top of the show on the BetQL guest line, uh, Bet Smarter Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today from ESPN. It's Bomani Jones, and uh, he's got a new show, by the way, coming up on HBO early 2022. It's called Game Theory. And, and Bo, we haven't had a chance to do this before on the radio, gone back and forth on Twitter before. So uh, appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on the fan. Yeah, I, I didn't think anybody in this market still called me about these things. <laughs> I appreciate it. Sometimes I feel like I'm on an island, but I don't feel like I should go much further down that road. Um, I'm going to leave the floor open to you on this first one because you were you were right on this today, as so many people were. The announcement about Sean Taylor's jersey retirement just a couple of days before it's going to happen. I'm going to be very open-ended on purpose here. What was your reaction when you heard the news today? It felt like a shield. Um, it felt like, like one thing I think people need to keep in mind, and I think it's something that they like tacitly understand, but if you don't work in the business, you don't think about it in this way. But Sunday news, Sunday shows for football are where people drop news. And so I hear that and I'm like, oh, what are you afraid is going to come out on Sunday? Because, you know, thus far the scandal that involves this team has not actually involved this team yet. Like that was my initial thought when I saw it, because maybe I'm crazy. I just would think they're retiring someone's jersey, which you have to remember in football is a very rare occasion. you got to be a Hall of Famer generally to get your number retired. You would announce that before four days in advance, right? Like, that was my thought. Well, not only that, Sean Taylor is going to be the third number this franchise has ever retired. Like, it's, it's, it's really hard to get your number retired in football. It's especially hard in Washington. It's not the, as hard to get into the ring of fame. But a number retirement, like, this is, this is a huge deal, and especially for this guy that means so much to so many fans that actually still care. There's not that many of those left. Yeah, and correct me if I'm wrong, the two jerseys they have retired are Bobby Mitchell, the first black player in the history of the franchise, and they just did that. And mm-hmm. the other one's Sammy Ball, I believe. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Yo, pretty high bar. How long has Sammy Ball been dead? You know? <laughs> like, right. like, 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 this is a tough one. I, I, I had thought that they retired it when he died. Like, I remember they put his name up um, in basketball. He called the Raptors, but I guess in the ring around the stadium. Right. But you hit on something that is really big, which is, this is a pretty loyal fan base that they have with this team. And I actually think that the loyalty of the fan base is greatly understated because if you take out the kids here, this has been a pretty hapless franchise primarily of its own doing. And people stuck with it. They stuck with it. They stuck with it. And then they just finally got tired of it. And then they ultimately gave up. And doing this, 
this would have been a guaranteed sellout at a place that they ain't guaranteeing a whole lot of sellouts. Again, I would think that you would tell people sooner. And then I saw uh, Brian Mitchell, I'm going to say Bobby, my fault. I saw uh, Brian Mitchell saying that we've been talking about this for the longest, but no one ever said anything about a jersey retired. Like, 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 did they really just come up with this this week? At worst, or at best, this is extreme incompetence. And uh, I'll give Jason Wright credit. He has he's avoided a lot of extreme incompetence since he took over as team president. But this this one is just a miss that I don't I don't understand. And by the way, this you want to talk about the attendance? This comes out the day after it they released the latest attendance data that says the Washington football team is dead last in the NFL in attendance. And that's mind blowing for a top ten market. It's, <laughs> like it's like nuts. You know, Bad you have to how many people are going to see bad football teams all across America and they won't go to Landover to see that one? Like I know it ain't that easy to get to, but still. I covered them for five years on the beat. I I I know it's bad. It's real bad. God, they're bad. Uh but that is what it is. I it, it's just it's nuts to me. Uh Bomani Jones is with us here on 1067 the fan. Maybe in the next couple of weeks it'll make more sense. Probably not. It'll probably make less sense. Uh I did want to to also have you uh to talk about something that you and I went back and forth with briefly on Twitter today. This is this is I think a much bigger and frankly more interesting topic. There's Washington football team incompetence topics all the time, but you responded to my tweet about Jack Del Rio who's, who I said it was pretty rich of him to bemoan John Gruden when he's been supportive uh, he being Del Rio has been supportive of politicians and policies that discriminate against the same groups of people that Gruden offended. And, and sometimes, you know, Bo, when you whack the the hornet's nest on Twitter, you're like, oh, I didn't know there was a hornet's nest there. Today, <laughs> t- today I knew there was a hornet's nest, but I thought it was worth it because, you know, I, I think even amongst people that share my politics, a more progressive brand of politics, there's still this big disconnect between what Gruden did and where Del Rio sits. Why do you think that is? I don't think that many people know about Jack Del Rio and his politics. Like, you know his politics if you've ever had the occasion to check his likes, which is typically where people tell on themselves. And as I recall, when they asked him about COVID last year, he did a no comment because he said, but he said he had very strong views on the subject. Yeah. (laughs) I remember that from last year. And I think what it gets to is the difficulty a lot of people have with this is that it's not even that these politics are shared by the majority of Americans, but the numbers seem to indicate that the politics are shared by the majority of white people, which for most folks is America to them, right? Like they think that most people feel the way that they feel. And so once that happens, we got to kind of both sides some things, even though we can see through what it is. And so if, if you are John Gruden and you call Roger Goodell the F word, you're going to wind up losing your job. If you treat a gay person in a way that implies that you call them slurs when they're not around, nobody does anything, right? So what we have, generally speaking, as it relates to race is a big place, but also all these other things in your various isms, is that being gauche or being impolite is the actual sin rather than the substance of what is going on there. So it's like, oh, feel what you want, just as long as you don't say anything crazy, but the, the actual views that are that belie all of this are the things that actually make people's lives hard and so when del rio did that he's like look i know what the right answer to this question is i'm gonna come out here and i'm gonna give it <laughs> and he did right and i guess I, what I'm, I'm trying to get at even on a deeper level is like why is that the case and i, I guess on some level the ant like i'm not 
I'm not obtuse here. Like the answer for at a lot of people is because if you're a straight cisgendered white man in America, like you're probably not on the receiving end of that too often. But is is there anything more to it than that? No, I think I think it comes down a lot to it as like nobody. You don't want to say your dad's a bad person, for example, right? right. And if your dad says things like what Jack Del Rio says or Jack Jack Del Rio believes, I can't say says because he's careful about that. If you believe some of the things that Jack Del Rio believes, you don't want to say that your dad's a bad person, but you can't say it about Jack Del Rio unless you're going to say it about your pop. You know, like I think that people feel the need to when they see views that are often abhorrent. And some of the things I've seen from Del Rio, I consider to be abhorrent. People see those things. They don't want to dog the dude that says them too much because they see somebody there that reminds them of somebody that they know. Like I've talked about this before. Wright Thompson did a 30 for 30 about Ole Miss in the 60s and James Meredith and all of this. And it wasn't my cup of tea. It ended with somebody playing Dixie Slow, which just made me want my skin crawl. But I understood fundamentally the point was that this is where he comes from. And if you don't love where you come from, then chances are you're going to be unhappy in life. Michael Vick said that, and I thought it was actually like legitimately profound that he did that. And so I think that with these guys like Del Rio, just give us enough that we don't have to bash you and we only have to bash you if you say something that is impolite. And people don't really want to go much deeper than that. I also think a lot of people don't want to explore themselves in some of the things they might think that aren't necessarily the coolest. I think that's true, too. I think people got real distracted because John Gruden used some words that we can't say on the radio instead of focusing on what like what those words mean, the attitudes behind them. Well, um, well to- that's a, let, me, let, me, let me cut you right there. Yeah. Me, that, a, a big part of this, and I think it's an underrated part of this story, and I think the change came for the New York Times with Trump saying, grab him by the P word. And once he said that, they had to actually print the word. And you'll notice in that story, they printed the F word, they Mm -hmm. printed the P word, and it landed harder. When Chris Mortensen put the story out on Sunday and said that uh, Gruden had called Goodell an expletive, I had no idea what he was talking about. Right? Like, I couldn't get any gauge on it, so I didn't do anything with it because I couldn't see it. The Times delivered that story for maximum effect because they didn't let you run away from what the words were. Yeah, that's true too. Bomani Jones, the right time with Bomani Jones. Anywhere you get your podcast, uh, Game Theory coming on HBO in next year. Um, and on kind of the even next level of this, it just again points to the incestuous nature of this league. Like every so often when I was when I was covering it full time, I'd kind of make the coaching chart, and you can literally draw the entire history of the league back to like. Bill Walsh and Bill Parcells. Every single coach in the league came off one of those two trees. And, and I'm curious, like, from your view, what's the opportunity cost of the league being so incestuous in that way? Well, they're just – I'm kind of going through a bit of this now, like, as I deal with the TV show and you try to figure this out. And people have this need to lean toward folks that they, for lack of a better term, they, I know I can count on, right? Mm-hmm. And that stops them from trying things that are new or may seem adventurous to them because they need to stay locked in on, I know this person can do thing, insert thing here. And as a proxy, they use, he worked for that coach, so he must know what it is that he's doing. Now, we've seen the Bellatrix tree. It ain't really popping like that. We saw everybody try this with the Sean McVay, Sean McVay tree to limited results, but they just believe at once they believe those guys are so unique, but on the other hand, they believe they just go hire another one who just worked for them. And so what they're missing out on is a chance in a lot of ways for an expansion of what football can be just because they are limiting the number of people that they are legitimately inquiring about, right? It's just straight math. The pool is getting smaller if you always want to go back 
to these same paths and like, well, he worked for such and such. He must know what he's doing. Actually, no, it's not really how that goes. Yeah, I actually think that uh, on some level, Brandon Staley, the new coach of the Chargers, is a pretty fascinating case study in this. Like McVay hired him because he crushed McVay in a playoff game, that or gave the Belichick the template to crush McVay in the Super Bowl, and, and he had beat him pretty soundly in the regular season. Um, and while he's obviously been in the NFL and thus coached under some of these other guys, like he's doing innovative stuff that makes so much sense that I can't believe people didn't figure out 20, 30 years ago. And it, it just shows that from whether it's a schematic standpoint or a personnel standpoint where you see all the time the coach would rather have the quarterback who's not going to make the mistake even if he misses out on five great plays you know, who, who, where there's some risk taken because they just know what that guy's going to do. We can trust him to drop back and on his fifth step, that ball's coming out. And I, I just... I think that the league suffers so much from a quality standpoint because the thinking has never left the box. Well, think about this with Staley. Part of what's almost bold about hiring him is just the simple fact that he's a defensive coordinator. Like, I know that he played quarterback, mm -hmm. but this league doesn't even want to hire defensive coordinators because everybody thinks the same way. You get an offensive guy to do this because you need somebody to coach your quarterback, and therefore you get the offensive guy as the head coach. And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, well, whatever it's worth, he didn't start with him, but Tony Dungy was the quarterback when Peyton Manning was breaking all those records, right? Like, <laughs> you, you can find a way to get this done with somebody else, but even that little thing about Staley is a deviation. I have been really, really impressed with him. Um, I thought what he had to say about this whole situation, it was nice of him. I didn't think it was nearly as profound as a lot of other Agreed. people did. Like, hey, treat, treat people nice. Oh, oh, man, what a great statement. Like, nah, I wasn't there for that. But what I find with him is that he's trying new things, and he can clearly state that why he's doing these things and he can explain them. But he is in so many ways, even as like a classic white dude who coached football, he's still in so many ways to do that the NFL would not hire. And what makes college so much more interesting is that because you have so many different schools who are playing on so many different levels of the playing field that you have to try stuff, right? The Big 12 is what it is on offense because it's a bunch of schools that got to come up with stuff because they don't have any natural advantages whatsoever. The NFL is like, this is what the NFL is. If college was like that, we'd never watch a game. Instead, it's wildly inventive, and they keep coming up with stuff. And think about this. Cam Newton, if there's an argument for Cam Newton in the Hall of Fame, is that he is more responsible for the expansion of offensive football in the last 10 years than anybody else. And I say that because they had to go do the spread stuff with him, right? He was too talented to pass up, but you had to do what he was good at. And all this time, we thought, well, if they do it in college, it doesn't work because it only works in college. And what do you know? It worked! Like, right. all somebody had to do was try it, and it worked. <laughs> yeah, you put a talented guy, give him the ball, and say, hey, go be talented. Who would have thought? Right. Uh, which, by the way, like, is it, what it, Brandon Staley's doing on defense. Like, it's what he did with Jalen Ramsey last year. It's what he's doing with Derwin James now. He's like, hey, you're really good at football. Go be a football player. We'll figure it out around you. Yeah, like, think about this. If Cam Newton had never come around this Josh Allen explosion that happened last year that is entirely unprecedented in the history of the NFL. But it doesn't happen because nobody's ever asking Josh Allen to run his own read. Like, if you look at Josh Allen, Josh Allen looked like he had never run the ball in a football game in his life. He must have been the worst coach player ever before he got to the league. But finally, something happened to make people expand their thinking. And now Josh Allen looks like he may end up in the Hall of Fame. And I'm, I can't believe I'm saying that. Yeah, he's he's awesome. Um, it's pretty wild. I was actually watching Bills Chiefs back because Washington has the Chiefs this weekend. Some of the throws he makes, like, and I know I know you were you were tweeting about earlier today, like 
your early takes on Allen, which were 100% correct. He was terrible. He was all over the place. And to, to see him get coached, like if these are the best coaches in the world, you'd think you could figure a talent like that out. All right, last thing, because we're running out of time uh, with Bomani Jones here on the BetQL guest line, overtime on the fan. I'm Craig Hoffman. Uh, you just chatted with, with uh, D Smith for your podcast. What was the most interesting takeaway for you from that conversation? Well, where he saw it, what he'd want to see out of the emails is attitudes about hiring, which I thought was interesting. Like I think the NFL... If, if they're the ones who leaked this, and it seems like it, that they are, they played themselves because now everybody's like, who gives the rest? Right. And there's potentially a lot underneath that we have not seen. And he's right. right? That, those are the emails that I would want to see. Um, I, I found that he was being a bit careful and he didn't want to say too much, especially about conversations that he's had with um, his own members. But he just kind of got dragged into this. You know, like this didn't, none of this actually would have anything to do with him. And now he's there, but he's like the rest of us. Now that we're here, we're here. Show us more, please. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think this is a smart legal play too, which he's a, he's a very savvy guy. That's why he's got the job he's got. Bomani Jones, you can watch him on ESPN. The podcast is called The Right Time, anywhere you get your podcasts and keep an eye out for HBO's Game Theory with Bomani Jones coming in 2022. Bo, this is great. Appreciate it, man. We'll, we'll definitely do it again down the road. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Bomani Jones on the BetQL guest line. And I want to circle all the way back to the beginning of that interview. He made such a good point. That is a smart one for someone who's been in the business as long as he has. And it's one that I should have thought of as being as long as I have at this point. How many times has Jay Glazer, Chris Mortensen, Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, Mike Garofolo, the big insiders in the NFL, they break news on those Sunday shows. And in order to do that, they have to report that news during the week. The process of reporting often means going back to sources and trying to get more information. What chance is there that there's some other bombshell that comes out Sunday morning and they want people talking about the Sean Taylor thing on Sunday and they decided that that's that's what they're going to do. And Dan's the owner and he stepped in and did it. I don't think it's zero, which is kind of the problem. We'll talk about this a lot more, uh, including with you when we get back. 800-636-1067, uh, continuing, to, continuing to discuss the story of the day, the decision. It's not really the retiring of Sean Taylor's jersey. It's the decision to do so on such short notice, uh, what it means, and, and how we feel about it. Uh, that's all coming up on Overtime here on The Fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Craig Hoffman with you on 1067 The Fan. If you missed our chat with Bomani Jones, terrific stuff. Hit the rewind feature on the Odyssey app. We'll take you up to Thursday Night Football, an FC East Division game. Uh, at least half of it, the Eagles are playing. They're playing the Bucks. They're probably the more interesting half of that if we're being, you know, realistic. To you in a second on the Gamba DC listener lines bet play win with Gamba DC brought to you by the DC lottery. That's 800-636-1067. So we've opened the show the last two nights with thoughts on the new Washington Post story that came out yesterday about the hush money offered to the women who talked to the Wilkinson investigation. Uh, We had the John Gruden story break at the end of the show on Monday. uh, And now we're dealing with this. And I, I just want to point out, and I'm going to say up front, and I'm going to say it again at the end. I'm going to wrap this in a, in a, this is not a criticism sandwich. The fact that more people are upset and heartbroken about what happened today with Sean Taylor is extremely human. And I promise the criticism here is actually going to go to the football team. So before anyone gets upset and is like, how dare you compare the two? Like, let me finish. The fact that more people are upset and heartbroken about this than the you know, than than what happened with John Gruden uh, in regards to the Washington football team part of this or what happened uh, with the the news yesterday and some of the stuff that's come out about that is human. Um, I don't know that it's a great reflection of humanity, but it's human. And and the reason is because the women that were behind the scenes are still mostly anonymous. There are some like Megan Imbert uh, who was actually on today uh, on Russell and Medhurst. Uh, Nick Ashew was in for... for, uh, Methurst over on 980, um, but they're mostly still anonymous, and, and there was no emotional attachment to them as they were behind-the-scenes people in the same way that there's no uh, attachment to an equipment staffer. Um, so it's not really a criticism because the emotional investment in Sean Taylor was immense, and emotion isn't intellectual. We can acknowledge that one story is more significant because of the damage done uh, to the other, not obviously Sean's murder, but the number retiring part of this, but one is way more emotional than the other. And here's the part where the criticism is criticism and it's blamed squarely on the Washington football team organization. It's also so much easier. It was so easy not to screw this up. Like this is, this is a go to home run easy. Just announce in the spring that you're doing this in the fall, you sell out the game, you have time to order the towels, you can bring in whoever you want, and it's done. 
You could have done this literally any home game of the season, but to mishmash this in with other alumni events, to announce it on three days' notice, for all of the ways in which this is being botched, from 10,000 towels on up to the very fact that it's happening on the short notice, you are messing with the 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 person who brings the most emotional ties to the modern fan, the young fan, if you will, right? The last, the Snyder era fan. Not the people who don't remember the, the Super Bowls. Sean Taylor is like the only thing that invokes positive emotion from them. And you screwed it up. And it's just, is the incompetence is overwhelming in that way. 800-636-1067. Scott's in Silver Spring. Scott, thanks for calling. You are on the fan. Hey, man, how you doing? Uh, first of all, you kind of touched on some of what I was going to say, but anybody that still goes to the games, you know, the few of us that still do, if you look around the stadium, the, the most jerseys you're going to see is Sean Taylor jerseys. I mean, you're going to see more Facts. 21s than, than anything else. And this is just another example of where this franchise is gone. How bad? What did they call Sean's family uh, yesterday and say, "Hey, hope you're not busy this weekend. Uh, hope you can make it to the stadium. We're going to retire his number." So um, yeah, I mean, so they they had apparently been planning to honor him for a while, but the revelation that it is a Jersey retirement, the third in franchise history, is the new piece of this, and and that is obviously a very significant difference than just rededicating the street. Right, but this is clearly a Dan Snyder or one of his crisis control underling uh, moves. People come up with this to, you know, distract attention from everything else that's going on. I mean, right now. And it's just, I mean, it's embarrassing, man. It really is. And it, it takes away from what a great player he was, how beloved he was, and the whole nine. It's just bad, man, the whole way around. It's terrible. Uh, Scott, thanks for the call. Let's go to JR in Rockville. Uh, JR, thanks for calling. You're on the fan. What's going on, Craig? Um, so you hit a lot of things that I wanted to touch on. One of them being is that it's bad either way. Like, like if it's complete evil, like they did this on an excuse to, uh, to, to somehow deflect the attention. Right. That's pretty bad. And then if it's if it was just a screw up, then this is the new administration. This is the the team that's supposed to, you know, somehow turn this franchise around as far as a, a, a as a as a model franchise for franchises moving forward. The new name is in their hands. So if it was something evil that Snyder Snyder did, I hope Jason Wright resigns because we would understand if he resigned. We understand I thought about that too. I could not be a part. I could not be a part of this. But if he stays and then later on reveals that this was not his move, then I'm just not going to respect him either way. Because because he if he leaves right now, then I think he would get the respect of the fans even more. Right, and I appreciate that a lot, Jr. Because I 100% had that thought earlier today. It's like either this happened, like Jason got overruled. Or he's not up for this job in the way that he seems to be in every other thing that we've seen. Like, I will give Jason Wright this credit. I think he's been great. 
I think he's been transparent. I think he's been strategic. Like, I wish he was more transparent, but like, of course I do. I host radio shows. I want him to come on the radio every day and give us an update on the name. I want him to to let us know all of the conversations he has because that's the nature of what I do. But realistically, like if I'm, an, I'm putting on my analyst cap and not my own self-interest cap, then of course, like he's been strategic. They They planned interviews in certain areas of the calendar to promote certain things and, and that allows them to have a little bit more control over the PR and what's talked about. Like that's smart. That is why you pay PR people. That is why you hope that someone in the position of team president of business operations or team president who is over business operations, like has that foresight to understand the media environment. And I, I guess I just, I, uh, I have a, a hard time believing that someone who's shown so much, so much competency in so many ways was like, I got an idea. <laughs> like this had to be, no, we're doing it. I I'm the owner. We're doing it, which by the way, isn't he not supposed to be involved? What does he allow? I thought he was on stadium duty. Okay. Just, it's just so dumb. Like I wish I had I wish I was more elegant in that. But sometimes simplicity just gets the point across better. It's disappointing. But it's also just how dumb it is is so overwhelming. How can they possibly be this stupid? And then you look at all the other stuff that you, they've done, and you're like, that's right, they're this stupid all the time. Chris Williamson from SNY uh, up in New York. He's a D.C. native as well, grew up. Uh, actually, Chris and I, uh, truth be told, know each other from when we were at Syracuse together where he himself was a football player. So grew up playing football in this area, idolizing Sean. Uh, I wanted to have him on to talk about it from his perspective and might get into some of the Kyrie Irving stuff that's going on up in New York as well. Craig Hoffman with you. It's overtime on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp and refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Greg Hoffman with you on Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan, the Odyssey app as well. Joining us now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today. It's Chris Williamson from SNY up in New York. Chris, always good to talk to you, man. Appreciate the time, even though the topics aren't super fun tonight. Yeah, man. I always love chatting, you know, chatting up with you, so uh, I'm glad we could we could talk, even though, like you said, it's not the uh, the best of circumstances, but always uh, love hearing your voice so let's ride yeah man so uh in case anyone's just tuning in missed uh the setup for chris in the last segment chris a dc native a football player in his own right uh, we actually met at syracuse where, where he was playing football and i was doing the media stuff and he himself has carved out a, a fantastic media career uh both here in dc wsa9 and then made his way up to sny and i give that that lengthy setup to say like you're a guy who grew up in dc Huge sports fan, football player, idolizing Sean Taylor. So when you heard the news today, what was your reaction? My first reaction was, "This is this is gross." Like that. That's what I thought because, Craig, for you, for an organization to give Washington football fans three days notice, four days notice, however you want to call it, uh, about one of the the most beloved franchise players uh, in Washington football history. It, it just shows how poorly um, run this organization is. And it, 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 just, it came off very disingenuous. And here's why. They had Bobby Mitchell's retirement jersey ceremony early in September. Uh, they announced that in, in June of, of last year before they didn't know that fans were going to be allowed, so they pushed it uh, back to 2021. They could have given us so much more time. So I, I was really uh, disgusted when I, when I saw it. Not because he doesn't deserve the honor, he definitely does, but because of the, the timing and the, the lack of thought that went into posting that when they did. Yeah, and it just, I, it, it's either malevolence or incompetence, and either way, like yeah. it's not good. <laughs> Right. It's like either you guys are so dumb that you screw this up and you shouldn't be running a franchise or you are so evil that you picked the one thing that should be unscrew upable and did it at the place to cover for your sins. Yeah, that's it. Either way, it is an embarrassment to uh, the city, the league. And all I know is they've they've tried to make some changes. You know, they've got rid of some people. Um, that were there under Dan Snyder who uh, were problematic. And they brought in Jason Wright, first black NFL president, and they've d- done some other things, um, you know, with diversity, uh, gender-wise. And it still shows that, 
look, as long as Dan Snyder's running that show, Craig, even if he's not, you know, running it day to day operations, his wife is still, you know, there. She's the one who took over. They're going to be a dysfunctional franchise, and it's going to be very hard to root for them. Uh, just, just from my vantage point, I grew up going to the games with my dad and my my brother and sister, and we were so excited to you know see the team play. But over time, especially these last few years, you see, why would I root for this team? Why would I root for this organization? The players, okay, they're one thing, and you can root for them, but the organization, nah, man. So I've become a lot more apathetic or indifferent to the team as of late. So it's it's just a really bad look for for the league and, and for the team. I think also for fans that are around our age, like I didn't grow up in this area, you did, right. um, but right. certainly a lot of people listening are around our age, either late 20s, early 30s. Like, How would you describe your attachment to Sean Taylor versus even like, look, Santana's beloved. Um, Cooley was yeah. beloved. Like Those, yeah. those oh, were yeah. kind of the, the two. Um, and obviously with CP, with, with Clinton, like, yeah. uh, you know, how would you describe though your like the fervor of you and uh, I'll say this, you and your friends for Sean Taylor versus anything else that happened in your Washington football fandom life? Yo, he he was pro- probably at the top, man, because we we used to talk about him in high school. You know, obviously when he he had passed away at that time, um, and I, all of us were extremely heartbroken. But he he held a special place. In our hearts, because of the way that he carried himself, the style of play that he brought to the field every single day, to the point where you know I wanted that 21 jersey in high school uh, playing football because of Sean Taylor, not because of anybody else. Sean Taylor was the guy. We just loved his swagger. He didn't care. He didn't you know give a rat's behind or anything. He was gonna lay you out, and our attachment to him uh, far exceeded our attachment to anybody else you know, that played for Washington, uh, maybe RG3 is close second, um, and especially exceeded our attachment to the organization. Chris Williamson, SNY in New York, as you can hear, DC native, uh, here with us on 106.7 The Fan. Um, all right, to your to your day job, I, I do want to touch on Kyrie real quick. He had the Instagram Live yeah. last night and, and tried to explain himself Um tried being the keyword there like where are people around that organization at and and where are you at with whatever it is that he's doing i don't even know how to classify it anymore yeah that's a that's a great point because i don't know i think he i think he i think he means well but he's got a lot of ignorance and misguided and um efforts that he's putting out on on social media and and to the public so as far as the the organization, you know, you saw today Steve Nash said, you know, he didn't watch the IG live and he's done talking about Kyrie, which is to say, hey, look, we're we're fed up. We've tried to uh, work with this guy so much these past couple of years and getting these constant questions uh, that have nothing to do with basketball is really annoying. And then you saw the, the clip from James Harden where he was very uh, short and answering, have you spoken to Kyrie uh, since the news? Granted, it was 24 hours, so it's not that big a deal, but his tone was revealing. And for me, I'm tired of talking about 
Kyrie because he clearly is bringing more uh, poison to the to the floor in this in this respect when it comes to the vac- uh, vaccine because he's talking about you know I pray for the I'm not against the vaccine but I'm not for it you know I'm trying to bring the unvaccinated and vaccinated together which is BS and then he says I'm praying for those who have left uh, who are who have had loved ones die okay that right there Craig is a very common Republican conservative talking point when we have mass shootings and they tweet out thoughts and prayers, you know, to the victims. Prayers don't do anything when you can actually make legislative change. Prayers don't do anything when you could actually take your behind and get vaccinated and encourage others to get vaccinated. Cause he's not the reason that we're in the pandemic, but he's definitely not helping it, you know, come down. And that was the other thing. He said, you know, we just came out of a pandemic. Last time I checked, we still have COVID-19 rules and restrictions. So that is just flat out wrong. And and I'm sick of, you know, his his rhetoric, because even if it comes from a good place, he's only doing more harm. And he has the right to express his opinion, but he is only doing more harm to the discourse uh, by what he's putting out. And it's not anything really of substance. Yeah, right to express something doesn't mean uh, you are then free from repercussions or criticism. Um, and in that in that vein, uh, last thing before I let you go because we're we're short on time at this point. Um, like I, when Harden and others, it, it almost feels like a can line. So they, I don't want to read too much into it when they're like, "Well, we respect his opinion." Um, why do you think people keep saying that? And and is his opinion worth respecting? Uh. That's a great question. So I think people keep saying that because they're trying to be nice and they don't want to throw him under the bus because he could become he could come back at some point and they're trying to be cordial. They don't want to put that out on the public airways, right? So I can see why, even if you disagree wholeheartedly about his stance, that they would say, oh, we respect his decision because uh, that could cause friction. And then should they, is his decision or his opinion worth respecting? Uh, no, not, not from my vantage point, but I'm not playing for the Brooklyn Nets. So I don't have that relationship with him, but his opinion is not worth respecting when you see he's not making any Craig, he's not making any sense. So he's <laughs> not making any sense. It, it doesn't make any sense. So no, it's, it's not worth respecting. And like you said, yeah, he can be free to have his, opinion out there but it doesn't mean you're going to have repercussions of people coming down on you so uh those yeah those are my answers to those those questions uh you may not play for the brooklyn nets but know what you do do you make you make television which is pretty cool uh people want to watch you is there a their online app or uh either web web based or app based that, that folks can check you out at tonight yeah the nbc sports app uh they they air the the 11 o'clock sports night if i'm if i'm not mistaken so if you can download the nbc sports app you should be able to get, depending on where you're living, you should be able to get uh, SNY on there and you can watch, watch the late night show. Uh, so yeah, that's Love that. And find me. Yeah. Make sure you follow him on Twitter as well as always clips and stuff of his stuff, Instagram as well. Chris Williamson of SNY up in New York. Uh, this was great, man. We'll do it again. Appreciate your time and uh, have a good show tonight. Thanks, man, and congrats on your engagement. Uh, Thank you. To, uh, you too. You too. The man. double engaged yeah. Uh, yeah. interview here. Yeah, exactly, man. So stay well, and uh, yeah, all, all the best. 
You too, buddy. You too. Uh, it's Chris Williamson on the VetQL guest line. He just got engaged. I just got engaged. Love is in the air or something. Uh, when we get back, that's less happy topics. It just is the news tonight. I am dedicated at 745 tonight. Ryan, we need to prepare some nonsense. We need people to feel good. We're going to give some kind of, I don't know what it is yet. I love it. We're going to find a lighthearted story and we're going to do it to close the show because I'm tired of talking about this heavy stuff. I'm in. Uh, but next... We'll take some more calls on the heavy stuff. 800-636-1067. Uh, let's give Sean Taylor his due uh, because he deserves it. Uh, that's next over time on The Fan. You know, why not have some fun on the radio along the way? Um, but one more, uh, one more segment worth of calls for today. I'm sure uh, the junks will be on this in the morning. Obviously, uh, JP and, and Brian were on it uh, as the news broke during their show, and then uh, Grant Danny spent the time on it this afternoon as well. Uh, the news that the Washington Football Team is retiring Sean Taylor's number. This weekend, the third number in franchise history on three days' notice. Let's go back to the phones, 800-636-1067. Let's go to James in Arlington. James, thanks for holding uh, through the interview and, and hanging with us on the fan. No, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Um, hopefully I can help you bring a little bit of brightness into your segment here. Sure. Um, yeah, from uh, Sterling with the high school locally, and obviously Sean Taylor uh, had a big presence. That was like one of the things that kind of blew my mind when it came to the organization thinking of retiring the number because when he passed away, I remember our high school, even people that were Cowboys fans were rocking 21 jerseys then next week, which of course it was at a crazy time. But um, cool story about him is I worked at Wegmans. And of course, I played football and everything there too. But one day it was after we played the Carolina Panthers, and I think he made, like, one of the last interceptions, and we kneeled it out afterwards to beat the Panthers. It was mm -hmm. probably 2007. And then, you know, maybe five hours later, I had, like, the afternoon shift, and he was at the Wegmans there in Ashburn, just shopping mm -hmm. for groceries like any normal person would be. <laughs> and of course, you know, I'm, I'm, like, 16, 17 years old. Still, like, you know, a little nervous because it's, like, you know, it's the hard-hitting safety. Everyone loves him. Um, he was just taking his cart out to his car after shopping. And then I just went out. I was just like, ah, I don't really want to bother him. And I just quickly said like, Hey, nice interception. Keep it up. I'm a big fan. And of course, you know, little kid, you're nervous. You turn around, you start walking away. He just goes, Hey, 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 turn around. And he's just like, Hey man, I appreciate it. What's your name? And I'm like, you know, James. And then he's just like, Oh, thanks man. Shakes my hand. He's like, hopefully I won't let you down, man. I'll try not to get too many penalties. And then like, that's just awesome. And walked away. And it was just nuts because, you know, when you first look at the guy, he's a big, scary guy. He's laying down all these hard hits. But, I mean, what is he, like 24 at the time? Right. And it's just nuts because it's, I'm sure there's other people that have stories like that. And then even, like, Clinton Portis and stuff, like, when he had his kid, he started to really turn around. 
it's stuff like that that I think there's going to be a lot of, like, you know, Redskins fans that come out and say, like, hey, like, we remember those times if you ever ran into them in public like that um, that are going to come out. I just wish that there was a little bit more planning into it. I wish there was a whole segment, a whole game that was going into it. So, like, younger fans that maybe didn't get to experience it or experience, like, what we got to experience growing up, looking up to them as, it would still kind of live on a little bit longer. And that's the only thing I'm disappointed about. James, I appreciate that call a lot, man. Thank you. Um, <laughs> both both the joy, but also I think the perspective because the lack of planning robs us of getting as many stories like that as possible. If this was happening when it should happen, which is November 29th against Seattle on Monday Night Football, here's the things that could happen. You could have a video montage of people like James telling those amazing stories of when they met their hero. Someone who, look, a lot of football players seem larger than life, but there's there's just this different level of someone like a Sean Taylor because he was so intimidating. On a field of the best athletes on the planet, he was better than all of them. He looked like he didn't belong on that field. Like he was a 16-year-old playing in a 12-year-old league, except for the league was the NFL. He was that special. And so that superhuman quality, when you had human moments with him, is magical for a young fan like James was. And to be able to collect those stories on the radio, on shows like this, or by the Washington football team themselves, their media department, which does outstanding work in a montage that could have played during the week and played in the stadium on Sunday. The opportunity to publish and welcome, I guess welcome and then publish, the guest list to really show how impactful this young man was to so many, including coaches that are not going to be able to make it. In three days, not to mention some of them are still coaching in the league, right? So like if you were to take some of the people on that 2007 or 2006, 2005, whatever, whatever year that Sean was here that, that wanted to come, staff, even if they're still coaching in the league, if you're the only game in town on a Monday night, you can fly them out or they can fly out and be back with their teams on Tuesday. You could have had more players, former teammates come in. Not to mention, if it's on that Monday night football, you have the eyes of the country as opposed to being an afterthought of a game. You know, maybe maybe you get a guy like Peyton Manning or Eli Manning, both of them, doing that Manning cast on a Monday night. They're spending a lot of time talking about it. Two guys who could speak to what it was like to play against him in a way that few can, because we've seen how good they are on television. Um, and we obviously know how intellectual they were about the game. And, you know, I, I've heard Peyton talk about Ed Reed so much, but what was it like for him to play against Sean Taylor? Um, if, if in Sean's short time, they did indeed play against each other, but certainly Eli would have. Um, maybe they do that Manning cast from D.C. Who knows? The possibilities are there if you make this the proper deal that it is. And often with these types of things with bad decisions. You're not just dealing with the repercussion of the bad decision itself. 
you're dealing with the opportunity cost of what a good decision would look like. And that's what I appreciate so much about James's call is it reminds us not only of the anger that so many of you are feeling today at the malevolence and or the incompetence of this decision and how it feels cheap and how much that hurts. But it also reminds us of what it could have been and what it should be. And so in the spirit of committing to some sort of nonsense and fun next, I'll, uh, I'll close with this thought. It's where Grant and Danny ended their show, um, which is what, what should happen? What do they do? Cancel it. Cancel it. Never mind. We'll rededicate the street. We'll welcome Sean's family, and we're going to welcome them back in November to do this properly. This is too important to screw up. And is it egg on your face? Sure. But what do you have now? There's only one, there's two directions you can go. You can just plow through and run face first into the wall on Sunday. Or you can divert and say, man, that was, that was embarrassing, but at least we got it right in the end. They won't, but they should. Greg Hoffman with you on the fan. Uh, We'll find some fun news, some fun stories because fun is fun and I want to have fun next. It's overtime on the fan. Craig Hoffman with you on 106.7 The Fan. This is overtime. Uh, so, all right, Ryan and I were batting around on the break, different ideas for uh, what we could do with the nonsense fun. This this used to be something I did every show, Ryan. No matter what was happening, I was going to end the show with something nonsensical because it's just a nice way to end the show. I get in my car, I drive home, I'd be in a good mood, get a smile, get some food, go to of sleep. Um and so we, we have a couple rejected stories. I feel like we should go through our process here because it was, it was pretty funny. All right, all right, let's do it. So Ryan, Ryan gets, uh, gets in my ear and he goes, I think I got one. Ryan, what was your story? So on this date, two years ago, Steven Strasburg struck out 12 uh, St. Louis Cardinals. In ga- I'm forgetting if it was game four. I'm checking my notes right now. Checking what? his notes. Checking his notes. Got to be accurate. Uh... Or just make On it up day, and people tweet at you saying you're wrong. It's fine. Strasburg I don't care. K-12 and Howie Kendrick continued to cement his place in postseason history. So the Nats beat the Cardinals 8-1 to in Game 3 of the NLCS this day two years ago. That was so an awful that's, feed by me. That's pretty joyous. However, my response, I think, was fair. You say the name Steven Strasburg now... 
currently, like in 10 years, I think that's fun to look back on. 12 years ago, this happened because Steven Strasburg will have retired. But right now, Steven Strasburg is playing like someone who has retired, which is to say he doesn't play very often. And I feel like that is a source of uh, contentment or uh, uh, of uh, contention, mm -hmm. a source of anger, perhaps a source of sadness. So we'll mention it. I will. I reject that as our story. Uh, because I just I think that that's just gonna upset people. Oh, come on. So then I was scrolling on ESPN.com, and on this date in 2003, the Bartman game happened, and and so if you're a Cubs fan, that's an ouch. If you're anybody else, like I don't know, I don't know if that's particularly <laughs> joyous. It was goofy. But it also, like, there was a lot of... That turned into a weird, dark place. They did a 30 for 30 on it and the whole deal. It's so, like, that's that's not good. Then, uh, I was like, oh, this could be good. Um, it's still... This happened yesterday, but it's still kind of uh, on... Kind of, kind of lingering on, on front pages. Uh, J.R. Smith is has gone back to school at North Carolina A&T. HBCU go. down in North Carolina. Uh, which makes sense, because it's North Carolina A&T. And uh, he's, he's there playing golf like for the school which is incredible so he has a very long nba career retires from being a professional athlete and especially now thanks to the the nil name image likeness stuff uh where amateur status is not really a thing anymore he can go back and be a collegiate athlete in reverse very cool and then he got attacked by bees during his first round oh which is like kind of funny because it's ridiculous and jr smith for a long time Apparently, he's a great dude, but a guy who's magnetically attracted to the ridiculous. But also, like, that's not very nice to J.R. Smith because he got attacked by bees. That sucks. Exactly. So that, like, it'll be something where if he's fine, like, per, who knows? I haven't seen anything about this, but if he's fine in a couple of weeks, we'll all be laughing. He'll be laughing about it. Like, it's it's funny. But right yeah. Now, so right now. <laughs> hopefully, J.R. Smith's all right. It seemed like he was fine. Uh, not allergic or anything and and finished out his round played apparently very well good luck to jr smith and the north carolina a&t golf team so what i did ryan was i dipped back into my old so when i was in college i did music radio as well and my first year out of school i did i did music radio and i used to when i needed goofy stories i go to yahoo odd news which is a great huh. place to just go back and scroll and see what you find so we have this story uh it's a little old it's from august but i don't i hadn't heard it i'm gonna see if you've heard it uh and it, it's from Thailand. It's from the zoo in Thailand. And I'm just going to read the first paragraph. The flip-flop sound of penguin feet rang out at an empty zoo in Thailand on Thursday as a parade of birds waddled out of their enclosure for their daily splash in a pool to keep them healthy during a long COVID-19 lockdown. Basically, the premise of the story is that the zookeepers march the penguins around the zoo because the penguins are sad because they miss people. Oh, so they're that attracted to people then. Like zoo director Tawin, uh, he has a very long last name that I didn't take the time to read beforehand. Mm -hmm. So I apologize. I'm just going to call him Tawin. Uh, said that although he was unable to accept visitors, most of whom would have helped feed the penguins during normal times, life at the zoo had to find a way to carry on for the welfare of its animals. There's no visitors these days, so they're being fed by their their. Uh, carers instead they must be wondering why it's always the same faces where are the children and their parents they must be a bit lonely man i screwed up even the penguin story that's sad <laughs> let's go to the next one this one we had to go back to june 
but I think this one's going to be safe. Man, we're going to go to Warsaw, Poland. You ready for this one? I'm ready. Headline. Supermarket chain in, says Polish workers found cocaine in banana boxes. What? How can we screw this one up? <laughs> supermarket chain, insert Polish supermarket chain here, said on Friday it had notified local police after employees at one of its Warsaw stores had found suspicious parcels in a delivery of bananas, which police later confirmed to be cocaine. They immediately notified the police, who quickly secured the batch of goods and started an investigation that is currently underway. Uh, they said in an email to Reuters, adding that it was a or that it was cooperating with the investigation. I'm sure you are. Warsaw police said that the packages contained over 160 kilos. That's 350 pounds of cocaine or 30 million uh, zlotys. I'm sorry, I'm not aware of the Polish. I thought they used the euro over there. Uh, I guess not. It's a, it's 8.14 million dollars worth of cocaine. Oh my God! In the banana box. Uh, <laughs> I love this tweet from Warsaw Police. Drugs were discovered at several branches at you, one you of think? the chain stores. Yeah, that seems you to be just, <laughs> just some drugs. $8.14 million worth of cocaine. State-run news agency PAP reported that the first packages with cocaine were found in a store in the center of Warsaw and that later the drugs were discovered also in other shops in the capital and nearby. A Warsaw police spokesman was not immediately available for comment. He was doing cocaine. What? No, I added that line at the end. <laughs> I was going to say, like, whoa. Oh, my God. Um, I always do find that. I mean, there's been lots of reporting into, like, what happens with the drugs that get taken. Um, that doesn't always go well. Um, I, What do we think happened here? Do you think someone was, did they mix up their shipments? You know, it's coming from an area that, that produces both bananas and cocaine? Or is it was someone trying to smuggle in, in the banana boxes? That sounds like a, a curb your enthusiasm. They had like the banana in the in the tailpipe. Now we got the cocaine in the banana boxes. So someone who's delivering bananas and someone who's delivering cocaine, they had a cross paths at some point. And clearly they just got mixed up, I think. I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain that. Like, was it sprinkled on the bananas or was like they're a bag? That's what cocaine I think comes in. <laughs> I I not I'm not just playing a joke here. Like I'm not familiar. I don't do cocaine. Um so I I don't know. But there's I, I think that's a great headline. There's cocaine and the banana boxes. All right, that's our show. Uh, we were very serious for a long time. If you missed it, the podcast will be up soon, or you can use the Rewind feature on the Odyssey app. Thursday Night Football is next. Bucks and Eagles. Ryan, great job, sir. I'm Craig Hoffman. This has been Overtime on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.